In the beginning, there was darkness, so God created man. But man was alone. God created the animals and birds. But man was still lonely. So God said, let there be friends. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Thank you for being a friend. Shut up. Welcome back to another episode of the uh, Lenny and Carl podcast, everybody. Um, we've got a couple special guests on today, as usual. Mm. Um, now, this is a its a bit of a different episode. It's um, more of a serious kind of episode, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a bit of a laugh here or there because that's what the Lenny and Carl podcast is all about. Cackles. So, um, we've got <clears throat> Reese and Shah here today. So, boys. Welcome. Yay, welcome. 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 So, um, I'm not sure if you boys have listened to the podcast before, but um, a tradition is uh, <laughs> a couple, a couple <laughs> tough little questions to start you off. Of course, go so, this is, this is all off the dome. So, all right. Sprite or Fanta? Ooh, Fanta. I... No ifs, or buts. Fanta. Look, so, I would go for Fanta, but Sprite's <laughs> like OG, so I'm going for Sprite. Sprite gang. Yeah, I'd say Sprite's Sprite. I see what's yeah. going on here, Eddie. Gonna, <laughs> if this is going to continue oh. on, I don't think I want to be a part of this. <laughs> oh, that's a pro. Anyways, uh, Fanta. Kason? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Sprite fan. Sheep. Yeah. Ever, since, no, ever since I saw LeBron holding a Sprite, I've just <laughs> okay. <I'm> brainwashed. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, another one. Fuck, marry, kill. Julia Gillard, Bindi Irwin, or the Queen? Ooh, Talk yeah. to me, boys. Reese, you true. go first. Hey, look, I'm um, I'm not sure. They're all um, they're all. <laughs> I'm not sure at all, to be honest. Um, I'm not a um, I'm not a big fuck Mary Kill player. If I'm if I'm really, oh. um, I'm not a I'm not a not not a big time player. Um, That's right, really, don't shy uh, away. I haven't really got an answer for you. No, if we, I'm we don't judge. We don't judge. That hard. No, I'll, I'll let it pass. <laughs> All right, Shah, hit us up. What are you thinking, mate? Oof. This one's hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, good. <laughs> I think, I think I would screw Bindi Urin. Mm. I'd marry the Queen. Mm. And I'd kill Julia Gerard. Hmm. You get me. That's actually interesting. Cool. Interesting. Uh, I, that's that's decent. I'd say that's decent. The queen's rich as exactly. hell. So exactly. Like... That brings me to my first <laughs> point. She's exactly. a she's a queen. If I you mean, can get, if you can get, any, I'm ready to royalty, be a king. Man, that's a dub in itself. Yeah, bro. Exactly. exactly. Marry that, and I'm marry that, and then be the with you know. I'm gonna. Yeah, she's, she's married and shit now, but you know, she can still get Being it. royal family, you can get you, a lot. Have get you away seen... with a lot of shit. Yeah, you can. Have you seen that dude's picture? His, her, like husband's picture. He, he looks dead. <laughs> he looks dead on the inside. <laughs> the queen's <laughs> husband. The oh, queen's no. husband. Is it what? Yeah, what you like saying, uh, marry, marry the queen. You know, obviously, like I said, Bindiya, we can get it. And I'm sorry, but I gotta, I gotta put Bindia, a bullet through. Um, we can get it. I'm gonna put a bullet through Julie. Julie Gillard. You've all got it wrong. You've all <laughs> got it wrong. Mean? What He's does got that it. Mean? 
Listen, listen. I don't know if you've ever seen Julie Gillard, but she's got some thighs on her, that lady. I so, met her in person. Do you actually? Well, yeah. It's a weird flex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so definitely, cause... I'm going fuck Julia. I'm going marry Bindi because if, you, if you're married to Bindi, it, it looks like you can get pussy. Like, it, you know, you look like a big dog. Mm. And then fuck the queen off. Well. Shit, man. Controversial? I know, wow. I know, but um, that's what we like. I like that. I like that change. You went from Sprite to this. This is good. You're getting progress. <laughs> You're getting progress. Keep you on your toes, mate. <laughs> Keep you on your toes. <laughs> so, um, as I said earlier, we've got these boys on for a special reason, and we thought, you know, like, we um, we wanted to do this episode because we've seen, you know, a lot of spark about mental health for men and you know, just in general during these yeah. tough times. Mm. So we thought we better get these boys on because area of expertise for these fellas. So mm. <laughs> um, I know a bit about Reese, not so much Shah. So I'll let your hands ask the questions on that one. But um, I'll go Reese first. So just tell us a bit about yourself, mate. Like, you know, <laughs> how old are you? What do you love to do? Where are you from? <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm um, I'm 21. Uh, I grew up in Bridgewater, which is about 40 k's north of Bendigo. Um, went to school in Bendigo, played sport in Bendigo. So played when I was younger, played basketball, um, shifted down to Melbourne for university. I'm doing an arts degree at the moment. I'm two years through. Um, and yeah, love to, love to go to the gym. Um, love to go out with the boys and play footy and, um, you know, love working. Um, but I, you know, I do enjoy a cheeky, um, cheeky session on Warzone or, or on Fortnite. <laughs> I'm like a guilty pleasure. I actually don't mind Fortnite. Very guilty. Yeah, it's uh, it's disgusting, but we love it. <laughs> uh, lovely boys will be boys. That's it. Beautiful. They will be. So you work for a company called the Man Cave, don't you, Reese? Sure do. Beautiful. So what do they do? Um, so the Man Caves, they, um, we're a preventative mental health charity. Um, the need that we serve is really hitting the prevention in terms of mental health and society. You know, we see a lot of um, drug and rehabilitation programs. We see suicide hotlines. We see domestic violence hotlines. And those are all those like crisis management, very end point, um, worst case scenario sort of options that we have. Um, whereas at the Man Cave, we work with, with teenage boys. And we yep. give them the opportunity to um, to really open up to their mates, um, a bit of education and a bit of practice in terms of um, mental health and how to open up to their mates and gives them the opportunity to to prevent a lot of those worst case scenarios that um, society set, like sees a lot of. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, we're big about, um, yeah, like rewriting a lot of the, the stories of, of masculinity yeah. and, and men's mental health. Yeah. But, um, Australian men have and mm. even looking at, at statistics you know like one in eight men experience depression and one in five experience anxiety and the suicide um, suicide's the biggest killer of men under the age of 35 mm. um, and the suicide um, rates are double the national road toll each year that's, that's so yeah. yeah so we're in a we're in a, a, a pretty like hectic climate as as you sort of alluded to in terms of men's mental health um have like a really yeah, great opportunity like... to work with um with young men yeah what are you saying Trev? especially with like the whole corona and the lockdown thing yeah that's it can really no. affect a lot of people um 
I was talking to this lady when I went to um went to Westfield to one of these stores and she was telling me about how Geelong specifically has one of the highest suicide rates currently, especially for younger teens. Mm. And like especially with the corona stuff, this is not helping in any way. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's yeah absolutely. difficult for everyone, I guess. But so race... like including myself, like mm. um going outside and like being away from my family, it helps with myself because mm. like you know, some people have like that, uh, the like toxic side of their family at yeah. home, and being yeah. in, under under lockdown Correct. can really yeah. put that pressure on them to be with them for like a extended period of time. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So, Reese, my question would be to you: like, what? So, obviously, that's like a thing that you do quite often for the man cave. Yeah, like, is it like, it's is it charity work or is it like a job or? Yeah, so it's a job. So we um we're not for profit, and we um I'm one of the facilitators. We have a facilitator group of um, just over twenty. We'll go into high schools and work in teams of um, up to four and five. Yeah. Spend a whole day with um with a group of anywhere from sort of twenty to sixty or seventy boys. Yeah, run a full day workshop with them. Yeah. All right. So, like, I guess the question would be like, what is it that made you? interested in speaking about men's health and mental health yeah um i remember i first came in into contact with the man cave um, when i was still at, at residential college at university and they ran a um they ran a session for the leadership group of boys and for me it was you know the first opportunity i'd had to speak really honestly in front of a group of boys um growing up um Growing up in Bridgewater and going to school in Bendigo, I yeah. didn't really have an opportunity to actually open up to a group of dudes um, safely. A yeah. lot of the time it was any mention of someone's having a bad day or anything like that was swept under the rug or yeah. it was a subject change and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So a space that was created, um, there was like a brilliant opportunity to get some stuff off my chest and I connect with my mates. But in terms of health in general, um, it's been something that, um, has impacted my life pretty significantly. Um, like I've had my own personal journey and, and battle with mental illness, and um, yeah, the work that we do with young boys, um, you know, gives the opportunity, uh, you know, to the next generation that I never had. Um, yeah, it's that thing of look, like I never got this opportunity, and um, but you're do I almost wasn't allowed. Yeah, absolutely, you know, give give you know the young guys of today, you know, a chance to experience something that i never had correct and and that's always yeah. good to strive for like um it, for the for the future generation and i, I know specifically uh, i'd say that's why i reckon for us our generation is probably one of the more smarter and more switched on not saying that the other ones are dumb or anything but i feel like us specifically in this time we're a lot more accepting to things like we're, we're a lot more open to the idea of something being not what everyone thinks it is if, if you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. Because mm. I think for most of the time, people have a setting stone idea of what things are, and especially as you can see through history, whenever there's a minority or anything, um, as as soon as just a couple of groups believe it, everyone believe it without generally like doing their own research behind anything. And I yeah, think yeah, that's why over the there's years, always like two sides of the story. Exactly, uh, and that's why I think over the years it's always been seen as like a 
like a really bad illness or it doesn't exist or like you just you just got to man up kind of thing because yeah. people believe didn't didn't exist yeah so obviously there was like a lot of options for you like you know to speak about men's mental health like you know i'm sure there would have been other ch- like um groups and communities and stuff like that or workplaces that would have you know like um enjoyed you coming to work for them but what made you like you know choose to do the man cave um, for me, the biggest thing was it's focus on on young men. Like there's a lot of organisations that work with um, both boys and girls. And for me, it was creation of this like male-only space where guys can just um, really be open and honest with each other um, just around other guys because uh, obviously when you add in um, girls in and stuff like that, the guy's behaviour will change. And it's a great opportunity for me where um, anytime I was around just guys, oftentimes it was... Um, at a footy club or at a basketball club and it's never oh, yeah. really an environment that was conducive to open conversation about stuff like mental health um so for me it was it was yeah it was this really beautiful chance to be like hey like they're um you know a group of, of young men and we can you know we can still be we can't be kind and empathetic and really showcase um a lot of the characteristics that we weren't able to show around just guys um you know there's a lot of um, stories and experiences of stuff like locker room chat and things like that and really toxic masculine environments. Um, and this is an opportunity to have like a really positive and um, really healthy masculine environment. Yeah. So for like boys, um, you know, like may not have ever had someone like the man cave come and talk to them or, you know, like have no advice from other people on how to you know, like deal with their mental health like that. Like what would you just give as like a little bit of advice, not for just men, but everybody during this tough time, like where we are kind of forced inside. Like, what would you say to them to, you know, like just kind of help them get to that? Yeah. Um, like my my three biggest thing, um, things like my first one is just is maintaining my connections. So whether it's with my family or friends, just making sure that I'm sending five or six people a message a day or having a couple of phone calls a day. And it might seem like a task a lot of the time for me where I'm like, oh, shit, like I've really got to go out of my way here. But I found in the first lockdown I didn't do that. And I was, I felt very alone because um, I was at mum and dad's and I wasn't talking to my mates. And as soon as I started talking to my mates again, I started feeling um, a lot better. And I was lucky enough that you know, they were like, hey, look, we're actually feeling really similar in terms of this lockdown. So I'd say, yeah, the first one is just maintaining connections. Um, mm. One for me is exercise. I found that, you know, if I even went for a walk, like a 10 or 15-minute walk outside, like it doesn't have to be a, an at-home super-duper workout that's going to um, get you shredded or anything like that. Like yeah. any sort of exercise I found really helped for me. Mm. Um, yeah. And the third thing was diet, I think. It's um, talked about a lot when it comes to more like a fitness niche. Um, but in terms of just general mental health, I found that the better that I eat, the better that I feel. Um, yeah. It's cliched and as um, gimmicky as that sounds. But yeah. the days when um, I didn't eat until 3 p.m. and I was eating like a lot of junk food or fast food, I feel absolutely terrible come bedtime. Um, whereas if I'd, you know, drunk enough water and, I gotten some good food into me. I felt, um, yeah, I felt, I felt a lot better. Yeah. So that'd be the third thing. It'd just be diet. Yeah. Well, I know that's, that's like, oh, I've recently like tried to become like vegetarian and uh, yeah, 
I know, big moves, big moves. Yeah, big moves. <laughs> and yeah, like even I've noticed, like even just trying to like, you know, have not as many meals a day. Yeah. Because like true. when, yeah, like when we were first like forced inside, I think I was eating like probably like six meals a day. Yeah. Mm. And like full meals, like a whole like bowl of pasta or something like that. Mm. And like, yeah, and then I reckon like about like two weeks of that and I just like just... I think that played a massive part on me as well. I felt yeah. so like down, not yeah. just about like everything, but about myself as well. Yeah. And yeah, Absolutely. so I 100% yeah. agree with what you said, Reese. because like since I've started eating better, like I felt a little bit better. Like, mm. yeah. But it's it, it, like anything, whenever you, you don't know what you have till it's gone. Like that, that yeah. is literally what happens into the, to the fact where like you took two for <laughs> granted just being able to do random, random shit with your friends and stuff like that. Because like you said about the eating I reckon we ate so much only because we're bored like half the yeah, time we weren't even absolutely. hungry <laughs> absolutely like, I agree I can't do anything might as well just eat right. yeah 100% so just a scapegoat but I don't know it's it's, it's a really tough one yeah race. this will be my final question but like how if someone was you know like wanting to get in contact with someone to talk about this you know like about their mental health during this time, like what would you suggest? Even like, you know, in terms of the man cave, how could they contact the man cave or, you know, like just someone to talk to about something like this? How would you suggest it? 100%. Um, so at the man cave, we don't employ anyone um, on phone services or anything like that in terms of the, um, like over the phone counseling and that sort of stuff. But in terms of people to, uh, reach out to um, Headspace is an incredible organization that deals with um, like mental health and well-being. Beyond Blue is another really um, great organization that we recommend. Um, yeah. And yeah, even even ones like there's like an eat, there's eating disorders. Um, there's a website just for eating disorders. And I know like for me, I've got a pretty iffy relationship with food. And in ISO, it was um, really difficult for me. So, you know, if, if that's where they're at as well in terms of really struggling with food, um, eatingdisorders.com.au are really good, um, really good mob and as well as, you know, Lifeline and Suicide yeah. Line. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's so many um, they're just amazing like 24-7 over the phone uh, free ones that, um, yeah, that they're perfect for getting in touch with. In terms of like a personal connection, I found like just like my close friends have been really, really receptive to conversation if I'm having a really rough day or if I'm, um, yeah, just needing a chat. I find that a good group of mates as well is, is a really good remedy for that sort of thing. Yeah. I think m- most of the time for most people, um, it's, it's, the, it's the first bit that's always hard for anyone. I know, because like <laughs> for, for me, for not only me, but I think for, like for most men, most of the time, everyone wants to kind of do things themselves. Like they feel as if, you know, they can fix anything themselves. And I think that's yeah, totally. that's the stigma that's kind of like we have we're pretty much got to break that. That it's okay to involve other people. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. absolutely. You ask for help. Yeah, and and it's like that. Um, yeah, really masculine. Um, problem-solving sort of mindset of exactly. yeah, this is a problem. I'll just yeah. you know like oh, I should be able to solve it. Out, yeah. yeah, it should be easy. You know, I'll just do it myself. But mm. you're totally right. You know, we should be able to ask for help. No worries. Mm. It's not. It's not necessarily that you can't always solve everything by yourself, but it's just significantly easier and better for yourself with other people helping you. Right? 
Totally. I, I guess everyone takes it's everyone goes at their own speed. It comes down to how you're whether you're ready or not. Mm, totally. Yeah. Another thing I've noticed like with um so like I know the soccer season Bendigo recently got cancelled, like footy and stuff, like all sports are being cancelled. Like as I said, I said this to Johannes, I think, like in one of our first episodes, but mm. like sport is such a massive side of it like not only just like you know like the community side of like you know all your teammates and stuff like that but also like just taking your mind off things like Mm. find so much easier like Mm. when training was on i found it so much easier just to go to training and not have to think about anything yeah yeah totally yeah and with that with it and that's like three days a week that you get to you know go for a couple hours not even have to think about anything and same for people who go to gym and you know like Luckily, I think gyms are still open, aren't they? Uh, they're probably going to close soon. But yeah, there's like yeah. limits and stuff at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, with things like that closing, it's going to make it even harder. So like, as these boys have said, like, make sure like you try and reach out to even your mates. Like, it doesn't have to be a big organization yeah. or something. Just like reach out yeah. to a mate. And I'm sure they're in the same boat. Mm. Mm. Yeah, totally. That's the thing that, that I notice most with my mates is it was really easy for me to be in the headspace of... Mm. I'm the only one and yeah. everyone else is yeah. doing fine and yeah. I everyone's having, you know, Zoom drinks with their mates and yeah. I yeah, like I'm I'm the only one struggling and then yeah. all my mates are like, nah mate, this is really difficult. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going through the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what Absolutely. most people don't understand that it, it is equal, like everyone kind of feels the same thing. But yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and even if you like take the initiative to say to your mate, like, you know, like I'm not feeling too good at the moment or something, yeah. like, you know, that might push them to, you know, yeah, push out of their comfort zone and start talking about it where they never would have talked about it if no one said anything to them. So yeah, yeah. try and get around each other. 100%. Absolutely. Um, was that all the questions you had for Mister? Yeah, that's Chris? all. That's me done, sir. Yeah. All right. Um, I for this episode I invited one of my good friends, um, Shah. Um, yeah. Hi. The homie. <laughs> so, t- up, t- tell him about the your, your story about you were in Australia uh, last year. In the last two years, pretty much, like what's been going on from uni you and where, by, like, why you're back story, now, like, why you're back in Singapore. Okay, so, <clears throat> so um, uh, I would start with um, I, I really don't know where to start, but I'll probably start at when my music journey started. Yeah. So like, um, this was around like two and a half years ago, when I first picked up the guitar. Yeah. And uh, I I didn't know what I wanted to do like you know, in the future and mm. what my plans were or anything like that. But I really got connected to music because I, I was already like a singer, but I was more like for myself. Mm. And then slowly, slowly, I like picked up the guitar. I started playing it like pretty regularly. Then I told my parents, but they were like really against it. So I had to like run away from home <laughs> for like yeah. a day. And then... My parents finally were like, all right, but you can't do like something like songwriting in uni or something like that. You're going to have to do like audio engineering or like music production. And I was like, yeah, Mm. fine. So then my results came in for like my O levels, which is like grade 10. Yeah. It's like IGCSE or I wouldn't know how to put it like up to Australian standards, Mm. just grade 10. And... Um, I got really shit results 
because I was going through a lot of shit mm. back then. Still am, but yeah. <clears throat> not the point. But yeah, so my grades weren't good at all. But I still decided to apply for a bunch of like universities and like colleges at a lot of places. And um, this uni in Australia hit me up, JMC Academy. Mm. They're like affiliated with Berklee College of Music. Yeah. And they contacted me and they were like, yo, your results are really shit. But <laughs> send some of your work in, and we'll see if like the the music head likes your music. So yeah. I sent like a bunch of my my own like recordings and stuff in, yeah. and within like two days they were like, "Dude, we we want you." Yeah. So that was like my first step into Australia. Right. So and, that, and that brings you back I to like when we met, which is pretty much when you were living with Joe Gallagher. Yeah, exactly. So I did three months in Sydney where I didn't really make many friends. I was pretty much alone a lot. And then I moved to us to Melbourne um, mm. when I moved into like the student accommodation. And I met Joe and and all these guys. And then um, we were do they were doing something one day. Yeah. <laughs> and I met Yo. Yeah. Okay. Right. On our roof. Yeah. Then... Oh, what would they? What would they be doing? <laughs> oh, he's having a beer. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, yeah, we were like drinking. We were yeah. drinking. And, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. And, nice voice. Yeah. And we've pretty much been friends yeah. since then. Yeah. We... Yeah. Since then, because like, I remember I brought like a bucket KFC. of KFC up, and, uh, and, and that was it. Yo <laughs> looked like, at me and guy. he's like, "Shars a god." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, bro!" <laughs> if man comes in, you've never. It's like you met this guy the first time. He comes in and gives you a bucket. Okay, see, you're gonna be friends. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> Come on but well, yeah. So that's how we met, mm. and yeah, the and now you're back in that. Singapore. Yes. So I did my diploma in songwriting in Australia, and then now I'm back in Singapore because Singapore citizens have this um, mandatory national service that they have to serve when they turn mm. 18 which is where you get posted to either the army the police force or the firefighting department yeah yeah so i have i'm back here serving in the firefighting department for two years jesus i never knew that yeah how wild yeah. is it <laughs> that's intense but yeah because yeah. um, I, I asked um, him he was like well, i'm going back home because oh. because of like my um my previous endeavors with mental illness um mm. i do not have to be like a full-on firefighter they've mm. like downed my medical rating so i just do like admin work from like 7 30 to 3 30 p.m so that's practically that's Damn. practically what i'm gonna do for the next two years <laughs> yeah but like two years that's, that's wild yeah it's wild well, i've always wondered what happens if you say like Nah, I ain't, I'm not coming back. I'm just going to chill this show. Well, I was actually planning on doing that. Yeah. But it seemed like in the long run, it was just not a great idea. Yeah. Especially if you want to go back and see the your visa that I would be applying for was um, refugee visa, which uh, I was completely applicable for. Yeah. But um, it only lasts five years. Right. And on top of that, um, like most of my funding comes from my family. Mm. Like, I'm grateful to say that we're pretty well off. Yes. Yeah. So like that was a big factor, and I felt like if I had stayed in Australia, my family would abandon me. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's wild. Because if I ever went back to Singapore um, after I had abandoned like the whole NS thing, mm. I would probably be jailed for two years and then I would have to serve for two years. Jesus. Yeah. Singapore's wild, man. I sure it is wild. Holy shit. Wild. Yeah, it's wild here. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's crazy. But, um, anyways, I, I've, we, we, we've had a couple of chats like, during the night time after work and stuff just about yeah the whole mental illness and how that's affected everyone and you yeah. kind of you don't have necessarily have to explain your story here but you've kind of ex- explained <coughs> the story to me and um kind of like your journey through the couple of years and how and, and how that's had effect on you and um especially now that you're away from your friends and stuff like that and you kind of yeah. just cooped up from a what seven to a nine to five job where you could be back home right now with all your friends and stuff like that. Like, that would be pretty tough in itself. Wait, so your question is like... How, how, how are you coping with it currently? Yeah. Oh, how am I coping with that? Mm. Okay. So, like, to be completely honest, like, it's actually really hard. Mm. Um, I take so much melatonin to get my sleep in. Because um, I have this thing called insomnia. And it's due to, like, my PTSD from past experiences. And um, so I've been on sleeping pills before, and I've been on antidepressants before. But, like, antidepressants really bar me from, like, my musical ability and, like, my creative process thinking. Mm. It really bars me from that. So I kind of dropped my meds. Mm. Um, And then sleeping pills, they were just really shit. Mm. I'd take them. I'd sleep. Sometimes I'd oversleep so much. I would like have really bad nightmares, and then I'd wake up in a cold sweat. I'll be like, "This feels like absolute trash." So like, I felt like natural sleep has always been better for me than yeah, you know, like forced sleep. I guess yeah. unforced sleep. Yeah, mm. but melatonin is like a, it's a hormone. It's like a what do you call it? Supplement. Mm. it's not sleeping pills it's like it's the uh what do you call it it's the hormone that's produced in your brain when it's time to fall asleep right but now that i've taken i've been taking it for like what three years now Mm. um and now it's gotten to the point where i have to take like 50 mg of melatonin when sometimes even in australia you have to get prescribed melatonin and when you get prescribed you get like one or two mg damn yeah so like that's what it's at now <laughs> do you, and like hmm? do you think that has anything to do with like the whole going back home and stuff like that or more in the sense I, of just... i feel like that has a big factor because um something that's like really messed up with being in singapore is that um my family is completely very full-on religious mm. and i am the complete opposite but they don't know that yeah <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> because well, like they're gonna be listening to this podcast mate you're, you're done once <laughs> yeah, to his parents okay yeah so like and if they do find out look my, my dad's only condition for me going to Australia to study music was if I followed Islam and if I never like got rid of that in my life Right. And that's the first thing that happened when I left Australia. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's, that's <laughs> a big weight in your shoulders, dude. Yeah, dude. So 
that really affects me on like a day-to-day basis but Ooh, yeah. um i've i've had to deal with that for like my entire life so mm-hmm. like i'm trying to keep like my mental state be all right because like i've already been doing this for like years yeah i keep telling myself like oh you've done this for like what over like six years already you yeah. can do another two you know? right that's tough what do you, what do you reckon yeah. is like pushing you the most to keep going at this time because it'd, it'd be very difficult right now um i would say the end goal like my end goal correct like what i want to do when like in the next like 10 years and mm. you know like in the next two years mm. what what i want to do like me going back to australia to meet you guys to mm. meet you know my family my <laughs> yeah. my real family that i yeah. fucking love right you know yeah yeah like, See, yeah that's probably what's pushing me the most 100 percent. no that's good that's good at least like as long as you have something to look forward to there's always a need to keep like to keep going i guess exactly. <laughs> um, yeah exactly and that's yeah and that's really important and uh, another thing that i've talked to you before was um you told me how supportive that your um uni was especially when you were yeah. going through a tough time and stuff like that can you just explain oh, like what exactly yeah. big time yeah for sure like when i was in uni so like i i was still dealing with like my mental issues and i still am dealing with these issues um and like uh because like what i mentioned before my insomnia um mm. i couldn't sleep very well and my teachers and my music head and everyone in my school was very supportive they would like tell me like okay um your attendance we won't count very like strictly if you ever like need any help write us an email and we'll get back to you as soon as we can Hmm. and um will they like emailed me every week um with all the lesson slides and all that stuff yeah and this was just for me like they they only did that because i had these issues and they usually you're only allowed to see the counselor once or twice a month at school yeah but the school counselor let me see her once a week yeah which was really helpful yeah being able to go to her and talk to her about like some issues that i'm having on my own and then on top of that she referred me to a local gp near my school Mm. where even though like i'm not supposed to be allowed subsidies because like i'm not australian yeah he was still really helpful enough to like cut down costs of a lot of things right right and like sometimes i'd go in and like uh, he'd consult me and then i wouldn't even pay Mm. yeah damn like yeah it was so it was so great like Mm. and then my teachers they would sometimes stay like in school until like 6 p.m they would tell me to have get a good rest and i would sleep until like five and get to school at six and then i would sit with them and they would literally like teach me the lessons that's that's intense. That's crazy. Shout out to shout yeah. out to that uni. God damn. Yeah, dude, sure. yeah, dude. No, big shout out. That's, big shout out. That's like, huge support. I man. love them. Mm. Yeah, I it love just goes them. To show and they really yeah. like. They really like held my hand, and they mm. were like, "We're we're here for you." When it was the most important, like, like and it, exactly. Yeah. And, and like, crazy. what affected like that as well was um, shifting from Singapore to Australia is a really big shift. Yeah. Especially like. You know, I live with like eight people in my house. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's just me in one fucking apartment. Yeah, in the studios, you know? yeah. 
yeah exactly so like that was a big shift for me mm. so yeah but so, oh. over time obviously you became friends with all the boys and it became better more, more of a community oh yeah yeah big time every time I go there man that like you guys were always like it was like this huge like a mini little community you guys got going on everyone knew each other like everyone yeah, was true with each other you know you're, it was great someone was, was using great. each other's controls and just shit like that like it was, it was wholesome it was wholesome as fuck <laughs> to put it yeah, simple I'm in my room for other things yeah <laughs> 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 yeah more alcohol that is yeah um, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course of course no no yeah, right. said substances <laughs> on this podcast no uh, we've never never ever had never said anything no no no, no. Except just for sugar sticks yeah, sugar just, sticks just, yeah <laughs> just patty um, <laughs> but no so sesame syrup how, how would you compare the support you had in Australia to what you have in Singapore? I would say the support I'm having in Singapore is absolutely jack shit yeah. compared to what I get in Australia. Mm. Now, before I got like enlisted into this whole thing, right? Um, I had to go to the main base, like yeah. the camp, and I had to see the doctor there. Yeah, And then um, he was... Because I have a counselor here and she wrote a letter to the it's the place is called cda so mm. he she wrote a letter to cda to tell them that i have these issues mm. and the guy the medical officer that i was referred to at cda he told me that he would send me to the institute of mental health of, of singapore yeah to see a psychiatrist to see what they can do to help me now when i went to imh the institute of mental health and I saw this um, psychiatrist. He was, I was talking to him about a close friend of mine who, um, okay, this is a little bomb that I'm going to drop on you yeah. guys. But um, he was, he was um, serving, uh, firefighting. So same like batch as me. Yeah. This was like two, three years ago. Um, he jumped off the fifth floor of the training camp Shit. and he died. Jesus. And I was talking to the psych about that and he started joking about people jumping off the fifth floor and surviving and saying that they become crippled and paralyzed and shit like that. And he was just laughing along the way. And I was, I was traumatized by the experience. It was really messed up. Mm. And like, I was t talking to him about like, um, I have these sleep issues and um, what what can you help me with if like I can't come into work because I haven't slept for like two days and yeah. he just made he looked at me and he showed me this YouTube account that teaches you how to have a good sleeping pattern Fuck me. and I was like okay and and then he was like you can either watch these videos or you can go on meds fuck me and I was like I'm not going back on meds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, and then he just showed me his phone again. And he was like, then watch these videos. And I was like, what the fuck? Holy shit. That's intense. Yeah. I was, I was really like, I was like, what the heck, bro? I don't know. S sometimes, sometimes I do a hundred percent. Like most people take for granted how good we have it here. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we have it I real feel like, good here. Absolutely. I feel like, Fuck, like I took it for granted as well when I went there because Damn. when I was there, honestly, like I never had the thought that I was gonna go back to Singapore very soon. Right. And then all of a sudden, 
it was like there was three days left. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, shit. Like, what do I do now? <laughs> what do I do now? Like, I'm going back. My life's like fucking over. And mm. it really messed with me. That's intense. Yeah. I guess, yeah. That's, that's, that's another big, big move. Yeah. So, like, within like two years, there was like so much shit going on. Mm. And now I'm just stuck here for another two years. You're almost there, though. Almost a year down. Yeah, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Nah, nah, dude. <laughs> You'll get Let there. Let me check. I you... I have a calculator here. You get there. I'll get there one yeah. day. I have six hundred and thirty-six days left. Definitely not a year down. Definitely not a year down. But I'm just. Trying, I'm, I'm always there. Always there. You but, tried, Giannis. You yeah, tried. I did. But the, the good thing is, like, I'm. That's kind of why I'm so glad that we do have the internet and stuff as well. As well, like the fact that we're still able to connect, even though you're freaking still overseas right now. Is... Uh, like technology has come so far. Yeah, you know? like, it's a game changer. It feels so great. Mm. Yeah. Because like you're still in the group chat and shit. We're always just sending dodgy our shit and then all that. Everyone's still, everyone's still vibing, even though we're not. Yeah, physically with each other everyone's still having a good time exactly and mm. it's great because mm. like my group of friends here in singapore we don't talk very often like we yeah. talk when we're like in person and stuff like that yeah we don't message each other we don't call each other we don't like go on discord with each other we yeah. don't like send each other snaps and stuff yeah and like all my friends like in australia or in the uk you know mm. they used to live in singapore but mm. now they've shifted and then there's you guys. Yeah. And these guys are the ones that, like, send me messages more than, like, the people who actually live in Singapore with me. Mm. You know? And, yeah. like, when I was in Australia, um, my friends here in Singapore, they didn't message me. Right. Like, the day I landed in Singapore, I would get, like, two texts from them, like, come meet. Yeah. And that was it. You know, <clears throat> so like it's a different kind of friendship, but at yeah. the same time, it's like it when it comes to like someone like me, like it's like you overthink it a lot. Yeah, it's because like to, yeah. yeah, exactly. You like message them, and then they're just seeing you, you know, yeah. and then like stuff like that, and like you just be like, "Am I really worth anything?" Mm. You know, it's like it's it's pretty like fucked, but yeah. like. But I guess I guess that's just how yeah. each person is. For, for me personally, I like doesn't matter which like who my friends are or what. I I I would always try to keep as many contact, and that's that's how I personally can tell my good friends from like just my you know yeah. other friends because yeah. like the ones yeah, exactly. that are always there, they always mention even if it's just random shit, like it's still some sort of communication, like they at least exactly, care that you still because, like anyone like anyone that sends me some kind of like message like it doesn't mm. have to be anything yeah. it can literally just be like your eyeball yeah. on, on snapchat or yeah. something like that and i would literally be like this guy's actually sending me a yeah. snap like shit that's it's it's always good to say like literally just just right there just goes to show it's like just the importance of just keeping connected yeah. with your mates like exactly it really does make a difference i think that's what yeah a lot of people feel like oh like oh is it even like is there any point? Like, there's, there's, there's always a point. Is, is what I, is what I believe. Like right now, I'm, I'm in a pretty good mental state, so I can mm. say like, oh yeah, like all this, all this shit that yeah. I'm saying, like yeah, yeah 
fair enough. But then, like, you know, like, I can get off the call in, like, 10 minutes later because of, like, my issues. Because mm. I'm, like, clinically, like, um, what do you call it? Diagnosed with depression and yeah. anxiety and, like, yeah, PTSD. And, like, mm. I have, like, personality disorder and stuff like that. But, like, mm. so it can it can really go from, like, this mood, like, like what we're doing now to like 10 minutes later just be like i'm in the bathroom yeah. on the floor fucking crying yeah 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 and it's, yeah it's, and it's like and it's heavy like it's, it's tough heavy. for a person someone really just, heavy mm, to try to yeah. do it by yourself like it's just close to impossible and, i'd say yeah exactly and it's really affected like this these issues that i have it's affected like my my relationships with people yeah you know? Hundred yeah. percent. Like my my love life is completely affected by it. Mm. My um, friendships with people sometimes can get really messed up because yeah. like some people just don't know Can't how understand. to yeah. react to someone who has like issues as bad as I do. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that like yeah. That's why I reckon it's very important, especially like what you're doing, Reese. Is just <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Which is where I was early. gonna bring him in here. Yeah. It's like having this like the man cave thing i was so like happy to hear that because mm. like the awareness is really like it's really needed for this kind of thing because mm. like when i was growing up my parents like they they don't they still don't believe in like mental illness and stuff like that yeah. so like it's like i really appreciate all that shit that that people are doing to like create awareness for it and 100 percent, yeah it really warms my heart. It's crazy, like, you think, like, as if someone hasn't thought of doing this before. Like, you know mm. what I mean? Like, as if someone hasn't exactly. thought of doing the man cave ages ago. Like, how was like, this for, you? Yeah. Like, even for our, like, people our age, like, 21, we, mm. didn't, we never had a group like the man cave come Legit. around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we never yeah, even exactly. had a group come around and talk about mental health. And it's like, that was, like, what, five years ago? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> But I guess that's where we're learning from mistakes of others or like adapting as best as we can because we yeah, know how important yeah. it is to it teach it from young because yeah. like and that's what, good once like, you're older your brain is set and you just it's tough it's hard to unlearn shit it's easy to teach someone something it's impossible to unlearn shit yeah yeah it's like breaking down like learned habits and um, beliefs and exactly. you know everything it's conditioned in it's, it's, it's really really difficult it's very very hard it's very hard. Yeah. It's the beautiful world we live in. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, getting bigger and better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I guess it starts with us. Um, it's it's good. It's good that I, I know for myself that um, I've, I've never had anything too extreme of yours, um, Shah, because I've always felt like I've had the support. If, even when I didn't know I had the support kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. And yeah. And, I, and that's why I reckon we have it really good here. And like I was kind of lucky to grow up around the good people. Yeah. Ah, do you have any advice for anyone? I would say like I feel like the best advice I can say is just always remember that someone cares. Yeah, legit. Even if you're at your lowest, like someone cares. Yeah. Like even like you want to fucking hang yourself or something like that, yeah. or you want to like OD or something like that. Mm. if you're having these thoughts or if you're having any kind of thoughts to harm yourself like just remember that someone cares about you 100% always yeah always always and there are people and ways 
that you know you can help yourself absolutely um i forgot to say at the start as well i um i have to say that obviously my thoughts and opinions um are my own and they're not um representative of the man caves um so they're all this is all all Reese's thoughts they're not um, an official statement from the man cave yeah beautiful i'll slot that in somewhere in there yeah beautiful (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for coming on boys um Sorry, it was a bit of a morbid podcast, but um, you know we we saw it on the timeline and seen a lot of people talking about it. And I thought, you know, like that's good for us all to talk about it and get it out there, and you know, help other people that might not have a platform to talk. So exactly, exactly, and like, like what we were talking about before, like it gives awareness, yeah, towards like yeah, exactly the whole mental health situation because that's really. It, it really helps like the whole community Legit. yeah especially during a time like this so 100%. thanks exactly. boys appreciate uh, it so I, I don't even care i'm about to be a part of this legit if, if if even one of the two listeners that we have you know listen to this don't make us sound bad no, so one of our millions of listeners uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness it was great having you boys um big shout out to you Shah, um, for sharing your story as well i know it's it's it difficult was, for anyone it was great being here man 100 percent. always good to have you man and can't wait to have you back in oz for yeah, a couple dude. of beers yeah, um, <laughs> in my room. <laughs> <laughs> so, just on the last note, is there anything you boys want to shout out? Anything you want to let the people know that you're up to? Yeah, so I'm shout out dinner. to my music stuff. I'm going to be <laughs> yeah, releasing an album it. soon. Legit. I'm releasing plug an it. album hopefully next week. 100% on Spotify. As my well. first Beautiful. ever album. So, yeah. And where can they find that? Spotify. Uh, so I'm on all major platforms, even on YouTube. So Ooh, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm on SoundCloud. So all you peasants that don't like buy Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, like, yeah, just just buy it. Like, yeah, man. man. Uh, <laughs> now nah, just yeah. link us, and we'll probably do something. Yeah, I'll check yeah, it in. I'll, I'll send you guys. A link. I'll get you like at least at least three listeners. So, uh, <laughs> hey, that's like, you got anything to that's share like, out, mate? That's like, ah, not at all. Total. Just, um, yeah, just crossing the fingers, hoping we don't go to stage four so oh, I can still a walk outside. <laughs> I, I swear. I'm, I am actually praying. Yeah. I've never prayed. It's, it's looking like it, fellas. Those, those Melbournians are fucking sick. <laughs> They're fucking yeah. real bad. Mate. Hey, buddy. Hipsters in Brunswick having too many, uh, too many parties and shit. <laughs> Mate, the fact yeah. that they didn't have is the discipline really that to, bad there? It's pretty bad. Yeah, the, the it's fact like that the new cases today or something. And like four yeah. days. This is the highest we've had. Cause, we've been having Because today, I'm like, I'm like leaving the house. I'm, I'm going to go drink right now. Yeah, right. No need to flex on us. Designated exercise down the street. And hope I don't... <laughs> just yeah, just yeah. fill your water bottle you with go. like booze. Yeah, I was just going to say, is that the point where you have to go for a ride and like hide your little stubby under your fucking <laughs> under your jumper? Bro, <laughs> that's, that's the way to go. Yeah, that's the way to go. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. It's tough, dog. Exactly. Yeah, yeah big, big thanks to everyone. Love you all, and um, thank thank you very much. Adios. Yeah.